0: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
1: This is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about all kinds of things on this show. And one of our favorites has been our series of talks with Brett Favre about life outside of the goalposts. And that's what we do here on this show as often as possible. Tell the rest of the story and in the main character's voice without interference from us. This is the fifth part of a five-part series on Brett Favre and with Brett. And this one focuses on living and playing in the small blue-collar city of Green Bay, Wisconsin and the trials he faced, trials that forced him through the doors of a drug rehab center three times and the thing that happened twice which nobody knew. Here's Brett Favre. Throughout
2: my 16 years in Green Bay, things happened. Um, lost my father, my wife got breast cancer, I lost my brother-in-law, uh, my uh, stepfather in law I lost him. Um, went through drug uh, rehab for pain pills, and then immediately after that we won the Super Bowl. So all, I think people, kind of like yeah you know he's one of us mm-hmm. sometimes you the you know I, I too oftentimes and sh- I should know better I look at someone as um, in a prominent whether it be professional sports or a politician an actor you know, like I, I really like Tom Hanks mm-hmm. there's not many people I would want to meet Mm -hmm. in fact he's probably the only one that if i had a chance to meet someone i'd love to meet tom he's but he seems like just a regular guy but also like like everyone kind of said after kobe died it's like you know he's not supposed to die Yeah. and i think people look at athletes and celebrities and politicians sometimes as um immune to whatever and of course that's not the case and and so i lived it um and i think being in green bay certainly helped um, because it was a perfect fit for me Um, i don't think i realized it until several years in that this was tailor-made for me not la not new york not chicago not all the cities are bigger uh, because people could relate to me and I could relate to them. Very similar to to where I grew up and, and not a whole lot different than Hattiesburg other than the climate, you know, just hardworking, blue-collar people. Um, and so I think they could identify with with me. And I just happened to be their quarterback. So um, it was a perfect perfect fit. And I think, you know, like with Aaron Aaron Rodgers, and he's a, he's a, a, a friend, um, they love him because he's their quarterback, but they they don't really connect with him. And they, they can identify and they can relate to me. Okay. And um, so, you know, yeah, like with Tony Mandrich, and I saw his story. I, I was actually, my first year in Green Bay, he went through training camp and got cut. Uh, so uh, I got I got a chance to know him, and I, I just remember thinking, "What happened to this guy?" I remember doing my press conference in 1996, right before. Well, when I got out, it was the day before training camp. But when I went in treatment, I spent 75 days too, because um, I was. Uh, a little bit rebellious. Um, Well, I didn't want them, they told me everything I needed to do. I had to sign in to go to lunch with the group and when I finally realized if I want to get out of here I better do exactly what they say. That was about 75 days into it. But but anyway, um, I remember the press conference and, and how difficult that was to to announce that I had not only to go to treatment but for pain pill addiction because I had everything going that was that that season ended up being my third mvp season in a row so I I'd had two previous but it was amidst the the just the heart of my addiction I mean it it was at its worst surprisingly that I was able to function like that, you know, play at a high level and sleep maybe an hour a night, uh, taking 15 the E.S. at one time. But it was a great, it, it was great to have it happen in Green Bay, where people had compassion. Um, all the things that's happened to me, uh, I was thankful it happened in Green Bay. So. And you know, I mean, being from there. They love they love their Packers, but they love their people, too. Yeah. Uh, people ask me, because uh, I actually went three times. Mm-hmm. The first time, I went to a place in Rayville, Louisiana. And it, it, it looked, I couldn't believe when I pulled up to this place. I said, this is a rehab. I thought it was like some... Some... Sanford Sun type place. It was like a little shack, but it was it was good. I stayed there 28 days. I would stop one thing and continue another. So I wanted to drink, but I, I the pain pills was a 75 day in Topeka, Kansas, Meniger clinic. The Rayville, Louisiana was prior to all that, and that was for pain pills. But I wasn't ready to stop. And I, the league didn't make me go. I went voluntarily, even though my arm was twisted. Mm -hmm. I'd had two seizures in Green Bay. Oh my! One in the hospital right after ankle surgery after the after the previous season, so '95 season, and then during the, excuse me. After the '94 season, then the '95 season was the season before we won the Super Bowl. During that season, I had a seizure the night before game, which people obviously didn't know, and uh, that really kind of started the ball rolling. Like, why are you having seizures? I wasn't sleeping? So my brain was basically short circuiting.
1: And you just heard a remarkable story, a three-time MVP Hall of Fame quarterback running on one hour of sleep, a serious pill habit, and suffered two seizures, two, and no one knew about him. And you're hearing about that for the first time here, not because we like breaking news, that's not why you tune in here, but to hear the real story and the real humility, and he's not kidding when he says he's glad he was in Green Bay, because this country boy tucked away in Los Angeles or New York or Chicago, and the ending would have been much worse. You've been listening to Brett Favre. This is the part five of a five-part series here on Our American Stories in his own words. By the way, Tony Mandarich, what a story. We've done that one, too, in Tony's own words. From the heights of NFL success to drug addiction and worse, and then the rise up. And we love the redemption story here And we're always rooting for people when they're down, whether they're in a prison or anywhere else. When they're at their low, that's what we love to come in and love on them. And we treat them as if they're members of our own family, just like you would. And if you have stories like this, they don't have to be some big fancy football quarterback story. Because in the end, that's why people related to Brett. He was like the rest of us. And he is. These people are no different. And we all know that. It's we who treat them different and put them on these statues and then when they fall we rip them apart and it's just so wrong Brett Favre's story here on Our American Stories
0: from BBC Radio 4 Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip.
1: I thought in
0: that moment, oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA.
2: He says somebody's in the house and I screamed.
0: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.